You know that saying, do one thing every day that scares you by Eleanor Roosevelt, I think. I think she said it. And I think she came up with that saying. And you know how it's so horribly overused that it like barely has any meaning anymore in everyday life? Not only is it overused, but it's become such a blanket statement that you're like, what like does this saying even really mean? It could have so many so many different meanings to make you convince yourself to do so many weird random things. Like, does it mean I have to go like bungee jumping or skydiving and like scare the shit out of myself every day? And will that make me like a better, more like productive member of society? Like we just need more context for that quote. I feel like, cause people quote it all the time in a vacuum. And I'm like, this is just has no meaning anymore. Um, and I had other reasons for hating this quote because when you actually decipher it, you realize what it's really trying to tell you um, is to get out of your comfort zone. And what I personally find unappealing about the sentiment is that it means doing things you don't like or you wouldn't necessarily be comfortable doing in your regular regular life um, because you need to feel uncomfortable and that's good for self-growth. And as you can imagine, it's not something like not a sentiment that I agreed with for a while, but today we are going to talk about breaking out of a comfort cocoon um, and doing things that make you uncomfortable um, and the small steps that we can use to break out of these cocoons because it can be really scary and really uncomfortable to just do one thing that scares you. Like that's not an easy task. Um, so we're going to talk about the sort of incremental ways in which we can do that and make it less scary. Welcome back to Depressed Girl's Guide to Life, your average mental health podcast by an average girl in progress. I'm on this journey with you and I'm going to struggle and you're going to struggle. That's part of it. And I'm here to tell you you're not alone. And hopefully some of what I say and what I've learned on my journey will be relatable for you on your own journey and your walk through life navigating mental health. So today we're talking about comfort or the lack thereof, getting out of your comfort zone and the idea of that. For a long time, I was like, why in God's name would I like to do something that I don't like? Like you see people who work out like 50 billion times a day or eat healthy and never like let themselves like eat a slice of pizza and like all of that stuff. And you ask them and you're like, do you even enjoy this? Like, are you doing this because you enjoy it or are you doing it because you like think you have to do it? And they're like, I don't enjoy it, but I still do it. And I just, like, I cannot understand that. I'm like, if you don't like something, don't do it. It's, like, that simple. Like, you shouldn't force yourself to do stuff because you're, like, either you think it's the right thing to do or you're, like, this um, makes me uncomfortable or this pushes my boundaries. So, like, it's a it's a thing that I would want to do. I'm, like, I'm good. Like, I am good to just stay confined in my little bubble and like not feel the need to even like think about doing anything like that if I'm being honest so if you don't like something don't do it right it's that simple and I was like yeah obviously why would you do things you genuinely don't enjoy like it's counterintuitive and like life is truly too short like you should just be doing everything you actually like enjoy because you could die at a moment's notice (laughs) like so I live my life like that I literally didn't do a single thing ever that made me feel uncomfortable or that was difficult I'd wake up whenever, I'd watch TV all day, and I'd chill, and I'd be, like, all potato-ish and potato-like, 
And I will say, like, the pandemic made it really, really easy to do all of that stuff. I could give in to all of my, like, comfort needs of not pushing myself because I didn't have to leave the house. And you could just kind of, like, wall up. And I remember, like, I used the pandemic as a reason to be, like, well, like, I'm depressed. Like, you know, like, how could you not be depressed at a time like this? And I would just, like, stay at home, like, watch TV. I like, like, I'm like, if this is, if this is, like, the way the world is going to end, I'm going to do, like, the activities that I enjoy, which includes, like, watching TV and staying at home. Um, and obviously, and obviously for a while, like, you know, like, I enjoyed it because, you know, how could you not? You're just chilling. You're doing all the things that, like, don't push you past a certain limit. Like, you're literally just sitting on your ass most of the day. But sort of suddenly, I had this overwhelming feeling of, like, stagnation. You know, like, sure, it was great to stay in the bubble. It meant, you know, sleep and all of that and staying home and, like, literally not moving your body and, like, eating shitty food um, and sleeping whenever you wanted, which I loved because I love to sleep. Um, And it was great until I realized by staying in safety, I was literally feeding my depression demon that had like state like had lived with me my whole life and I didn't even realize it but that's why I was so comfortable was I was not challenging my depression in any way I was like doing everything that like depression was like you know this this is this is good stuff and then like everything else sucks so like I wasn't forcing myself to get fresh air or see friends and people who actually cared about me and could remind me you know like that maybe the world wasn't such a bad place I wasn't exploring new hobbies um or like new interests because that involved using energy and why would I use my energy for something I'm not even sure I would enjoy in fact not only was I not sure I would I was like pretty sure I wouldn't enjoy it so I was like I'm not gonna do any of that shit but that just kind of meant that I would never find anything new like anything at all be it hobbies or meeting new people or like literally anything that I would ever give myself the possibility of enjoying I would just live my life as, like, an adult baby sticking to the basic enjoyments of life, like, eating and sleeping and, like, very basic forms of entertainment because I wasn't pushing myself past a certain thing, Um, like, a certain way of living, basically. Um, And when we're depressed, we're so much less likely to seek out new experiences or go do something different. Um, Like, as I said before, I know why my attitude was, like, why should I try when I'm going to like basically hate it and potentially make this horrible mood I'm in even worse? Like that was my thought. And I was like, if this thing even has the possibility of making my depression worse, then I'm not going to do it. Because of these thoughts and feelings, we get really involved in this thing that I call a comfort cocoon. And it's so snug and warm and lovely. And most important, it's comfortable. The need to leave is never something we think about, like, ever at all. It can be hard to even imagine a world outside of a comfort cocoon, because if you love watching TV in your PJs all day, why would you think about going to the daunting place called outside and hanging out with people who could hurt you or challenge you in some way? That's danger. That's bad. And, like, when you have a comfort cocoon, everything outside of that seems really dangerous and scary and bad. Even if it's not actually bad, like our mind frames it in that way. Like I used to like be, I used to think of like hanging out with friends, like people who I trusted, like, pe- like, and I was just like, this is, this is a dangerous situation and I can't do it. Like I was like, this will somehow make me feel worse about myself. And like, it's possible, of course, 
but it's also possible that it would make you feel better about yourself. And I would just never let it, I would never give it the opportunity to even play out to be like, well, this could also make me feel better about myself. I was just like, nope, could make me feel worse. So I'm not going to do it. And when you're deep in a comfort cocoon, you'll get into a pattern. Like all your clothes will end up being sweats and like maybe you're getting high more and you won't leave the house for days on end. And there's just like a weird ritual to it all that you like just know well because like this is your cocoon and you're very comfortable. Um, And as I've said, like I'm a big sleeper. So like it's extremely hard for me to get out of bed. Like that's what I consider my comfort cocoon space. Um, It's like my warm safety net of like, why the hell would I ever leave my bed? This is my safety. This is where I feel most comfortable. Everything else is gonna be worse than this. So like, what's the point of leaving? And look, while I still very much subscribe to staying within my comfort cocoon, I still love sleep. It's something that, you know, hasn't changed in a, you know, a grand way where I'm like, now I wake up at like 5am and I'm like super productive and I go to sleep at like, you know, early and all this stuff. Like I'm still very much like within the confines of my cocoon. I've learned some ways to sort of break out of it. So it's not so like claustrophobic of like, I literally can't see anything besides the safety of my comfort cocoon. Um, And it involves establishing like new rituals and patterns in life. This is obviously easier said than done. But the thing is, is like you'll notice that once you start pushing yourself to break out and do things that you would never think to do, the way you approach other parts of your life starts to change. So like, for example, facing my demons and being self-aware, you know, and introspective was very much not something um, I was comfortable with. It was scary and it was outside of my cocoon because it was just not something that I ever felt the need to do. Um, And I was like, you know, as soon as you open that box up, like, you know, what's going to happen? Like, maybe like I, you know, will open, you know, this this thing up and 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 I'll have all these horrible emotions about it and it'll ruin my day and you know why should I be introspective but when I got into journaling it was because I literally forced myself to try it at least for a week um and when I did it for a week like either liking it at every step of the way or not it became part of like a new pattern for me and then that pattern brought in other new patterns and I was like literally outgrowing the cocoon space I had made for myself around my idea of what introspection looked like or you know like obviously like the lack of introspection that I had in my life and you know like I noticed it you know made me start to listen to more podcasts about self-growth and I bought you know like guided journals with prompts and I started meditating and actually enjoying it um, which were not things I would have ever dreamed of doing before because again when you're in that space you can't see anything past it. Like you're stuck in your ways. Like I never thought I would get into meditating. I really thought it was stupid for the longest time. And now I meditate every single day and I find it to be the only place of just like solitude I have. And I look for, I literally look forward to it, which again, everyone is capable of change, but it's about finding ways to facilitate that change in a way that's comfortable in a way that's not forced. Because if you force yourself to do something, I mean, I force myself to journal, but like, if you do it, if you, if you truly don't want to do it, nothing will truly change in my opinion. That's like a totally separate topic because I actually have a lot to say on that, but yeah. So, um, I've said it before, but it really does just like take one tiny change to affect like a lot of big 
changes in your life. It just like starts with taking that first step into the world of doing something that scares you. And once you take that really like monumental step, you're already making small cracks and like breaking a little bit out of like your usual comforts, which will make you feel better once you like start taking those like second, third and fourth steps from breaking out of the cocoon. Like the first step is like a pivotal one. And okay, like final ish thought on this, but I was just thinking about it and why I've thought about the whole idea of a cocoon, like like that sort of visualization for so long. And I like the idea of a cocoon because this is going to get hokey. So just like, please bear with me. But like, yeah, like it's going to get like a little like whatever, but Remember when like, you know, like when when you were a kid and like when we were all kids and we had to raise like caterpillars into butterflies, raise them. <laughs> Did we raise them? We or whatever. When we had to like watch caterpillars turn into butterflies, like that whole thing. And it was this like gross weird process, but it was also just like fascinating to watch because it was like one of the first times we I don't know, I think it's cool that they make kids do that because it's one of the it's one of the first times you sort of are seeing that kind of change happen in nature because nature does some like crazy shit and like it's really cool and and awesome and all of that but like you like we often don't see it as human beings who are just like living in our like normal urban lives that are like we're not in nature we're not like living in a forest or a jungle I mean if you are like that's that's awesome but like I'm personally not living in a forest or a jungle um I don't see caterpillars turn into butterflies every day that's probably the first and last time I've ever seen a caterpillar turn into a butterfly and anyway it was just this cool process where they'd you know like the caterpillars would make these little homes for themselves and they'd grow and they develop and evolve in there and like I'm sure they wanted to, like, stay in there and, like, sort of, you know, like, be safe and comfortable and whatever. But they also knew that they were, like, going through this uncomfortable, painful process and that there would have to be a time to sort of, like, come out. So, like, as cliche as the whole thing is, like, our little caterpillar friends who, like, come out and are transformed and are unrecognizable, like, they have to come out because they can't, like, physically fit in the space of a cocoon anymore because they've like grown wings and like done all of this stuff and I don't know for me it's a way I'm like very 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 visual like for me it's really hard for me to do a lot of this work and a lot of work in general if I'm not literally like visualizing processes of stuff like while they're happening because then I like I don't know what my progress is and like that kind of thing like I really like to to quote-unquote view it in a way um even if it's not I'm not actually obviously like a caterpillar who's like making a little cocoon and like becoming a butterfly (laughs) like even though like I'm not it's like it's like weird it's like nice to think about like oh like our processes are similar like in this way like I have something to reference back to um of something that happens in nature and I feel like I'm going through a really similar process um so it's really way like I think about it and I visualize it um and it helps me realize that as uncomfortable as these growing processes are like eventually you can become this transformed different version of yourself and like sometimes that means outgrowing certain spaces 
Um, and you can think about this like however you want. It doesn't have to be a caterpillar. Like snakes shed their skin. I don't know if it's because like, they outgrow it or like what. You could even think about like babies in the womb. Like babies literally like when your water breaks, like that's because the baby's literally outgrown like that little home for itself. And like, I'm sure it was, you know, like it's comfortable and safe, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't stay there forever. Like you have to now like go into the world and like do other things that like might be really hard, but like, it's sort of like looking at it as like a gift of like, I outgrew this space. Um, even though like sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you're like, damn, I wish I was still in the comfort space, but, um, that's sort of like what I'm trying to do is like reframe it as a blessing of like outgrowing a space. Like that means growth. That means maturity. Um, and to view it in a phys- in sort of these physical ways is just something that like helps me wrap my mind around it because it can be really hard. So those are really my thoughts and my feelings um, and my little, you know, like definition of just like the comfort cocoon um, that I think we like slip into like sometimes like easier than um we even realize so yeah i'm like just glad i you know got to sort of talk about it and bring it to light because just like i don't know it is it is something that i think like we all live with um and just like sometimes need like a nudge to be like oh shit i slipped into this like i need to sort of do some like little things to just break out of it and like sometimes make myself uncomfortable because like discomfort obviously sounds bad it has a bad connotation but it's not always something that's negative um it just can lead to sort of the the development of new patterns and the development of like more positive ways of living so yeah that's kind of like those are my thoughts those are my thoughts on it um and you know as always i am i am here i am someone who is going through it. I am in progress just because I like talk about this stuff doesn't mean I've mastered it. I still very much subscribe to like several different cocoons that I like stay in. Um, and yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm in progress. I'm making mistakes. Um, and I am learning from them and that's, you know, why I sort of have this podcast and why I do it and why I want to talk about it. So I'm hoping that some of the musings of today have resonated and have helped with anybody who is struggling or, you know, dealing with like these, these kinds of things. I just feel like it's like super relevant for anyone, even if you're not depressed. Um, I think we all just like deal with hardships. Um, and there are like easier than we think ways to get out of it. Um, so yeah, um, that is basically, that is basically it. Um, this was depressed girl's guide to life. Um, follow, you know, the Instagram, I think it's at depressed girl's guide to life. I still haven't learned this stuff. This is like, um, I, and, you know, subscribe and, um, you know, download, listen to the podcast, tell your friends if you think your friends would benefit from any of this. Um, if they're going through a hard time and you feel like, you know, they need, um, to get out of their comfort cocoon or if they need, you know, to learn about like self-growth and how it's really, really hard, but through sort of like small actions, uh, we can all get there. So yeah, this has been the show. I really appreciate it and I'll see you in the next one.